Welcome to the Beyond Stuck podcast with Coletta Jones-Patterson, where we feature guests who have overcome the odds and have gotten unstuck. In their words, they share with us practical insight and tips on how to go beyond stuck and enjoy life. On today's episode, our guest is Marta Collier-Youngblood, also known as Marta Gwynn. Marta is an award-winning filmmaker, writer, and producer committed to sharing the rich and complex stories of America's heartland region. Marta wears several hats as chief creative in charge of Marta Gwynn Productions, LLC, as well as the co-founder and senior grant writer of Youngblood and Associates, LLC, and chief operations officer of Marta Collier Educational Systems and Services, LLC. For over 15 years, Marta has led fundraising and program development initiatives resulting in the awarding of over $63 million in federal and private foundation awards, while also advancing diversity and inclusion efforts within professional communities that have historically underserved communities of color. As a longtime patron of the arts, Marta is also driven to support creatives in sharing their gifts with the world using innovative tools and strategies that fit into their busy lives. Marta adamantly opposes the notion of a no-win scenario and believes that with faith, hard work, and perseverance, there is nothing too hard for anyone to accomplish. With two 2020 Film Festival wins, Marta is in the midst of a midlife career pivot as she pursues her dream of filmmaking and content creation with the launch of Go Marta Go as Showing Our Sass web series, both launched during the COVID-19 pandemic. Marta is also the founder and editor-in-chief of The Right Addiction, an online community of writers that publish creative and inspirational works daily at www.therightaddiction.com. Marta is an alumna of The Ohio State University and Tougaloo College with degrees in sociology and English journalism and resides in Little Rock, Arkansas with her husband and unconventional college sweetheart of 10 years, Terrence Youngblood. Please join me in welcoming Marta Collier Youngblood to today's show. Welcome to the podcast, Marta. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for joining us today. <clears throat> well, we'll jump right in. And um, I like to always start off and just kind of ask and get your thoughts on how do you define stuck? Oh, you know, I love defining things. Um, and it's interesting because they don't always apply to everyone. But for me, stuck uh, is not one place in time. Mm-hmm. You can get stuck over and over and over again. So for me, um, I know that I'm stuck when I feel like I'm not in balance in the way that I want to be. If I feel like there are things that I want to get to and I feel like I can't get to them, Mm -hmm. it's time for me to pull back and assess what's going on and see where's my energy leaking from, Mm -hmm. um, what are some things that maybe it's time to put them away and whatnot. It's, It's a feeling and it's something that I've kind of set a, a, what do you call it, a little alarm system in mm-hmm. place. I know what I feel like when I'm getting in a place where I'm feeling stuck. And it's so important for me these days to make sure that I stop, assess, mm-hmm. and make a plan for figuring out how to get back moving. That is so good. You said so many things just right there in, our, in the definition, um, but just not being in balance. And I think so many people... <clears throat> 
<clears throat> can relate to that because you get to this place of, for me, it's kind of frustration and it's like, ah, you know, I've been here before. And like you said, your energy starts to leak in the wrong places and, um, and you find yourself in this cycle. So that's so good to be not in balance, but then you don't stop there. You recognize it for what it is. You're heading into the stuck mentality, stop, mm -hmm. assess, and then make a plan to move forward. So that's really good. Um, so looking back and thinking about some areas in your life, what were some ways in which you were stuck and how long did you find yourself there? One of the first times I can think about when I recognized what stuck felt like uh, was actually one of those real life education moments. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I was married uh, right out of college and mm -hmm. I'm no longer married to that individual. Mm -hmm. I fell into a sequence of trying to do what was expected of me and I had a plan. I am a very big planning kind of person. Mm -hmm. I had goals um, I tell this story sometimes and people go, wow, really? <laughs> I actually at one point in my life sat down and planned my life up to 120. Wow. And I'm just that personality type. I didn't know that about myself, but I couldn't stop. And that was one of the times I was like, whoa, this feels weird. Because I was sitting down, I was just thinking, okay, well, if I want to do this, then I have to do this and this sequence and this sequence. And I just kept going and going and going. And I felt a loss of control. Like I, I could not stop myself until I hit 120 and I sat back and I didn't know how to process my feelings. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what in the world just happened? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to live to 120 years old. Why couldn't I stop myself? And I said, okay, you, you gotta, you gotta get some help from some folks <laughs> and figure out why it is that you're doing this. Cause I mean, I, I had the mm -hmm. elevated pulse. I had all this. I was like, wow. So I'm a personality type too, that when I lock in, I'm in, and it's very hard for me to disengage. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's really good. You said a mouthful there. So, and, and I like the concept that you said, just the fact of losing control. And I think so many of us can relate to that because we do plan our lives out. I'm a planner too. I haven't gone to 120, <laughs> but I do like to plan out the weeks and the months. And then especially once you start having kids and like they have activities, like everything has to be planned out and on the calendar and scheduled. Yep. And, and that is a form of control. And when something happens, I mean, even the year of 2020, when a pandemic happens, when, you know, heightened tensions in the country happen, I mean, it can knock your plan totally out of control. Oh, yeah. And it's like, and my, what, do you, what do you do with that, you know? And, and it's funny because it's like, it's so event driven oftentimes. It's not something that comes like slow and steady. It's like, bam, something hits you. And yeah. with me, it was when my, my first marriage was done. I was like, okay you've got to stop. You've got to assess. <laughs> what really That's what I started figuring out. Yeah. What, what really, what really happened here? Cause you know, mm -hmm. this is, this wasn't the plan. <laughs> this wasn't the plan at all. Right. And, um, and so, you know, it's, it's, I think it's how you handle those things. Having a support network was really important for me at that time because I completely lost touch with myself and what I wanted to do and that's a story a lot of women who've been divorced will tell you um but it it, it it's meaningful for me because it happened to me and right I was not the, I was not a person who thought that would happen to me not that anybody thinks it will mm -hmm. but I just I I followed never the rules. saw it coming yeah. I never saw it coming I followed all the rules and did all the things and said wow 
I still ended up here on a bus riding home to my parents. <laughs> mm, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so what did that what did that do for you or to you? What lessons did you learn? Uh, what was your breaking point? May have been on that bus, but what was your breaking point of the moment in which you realized, wow, something happened here. I've got to figure out what happened so I can move forward. Um, it, it happened in, that is the part that happened kind of in a series of events. Okay. I realized that I needed to grow up. And that was weird for me because most people who knew me from childhood know I was a very serious kid. Mm -hmm. And so I always thought of myself as being mature. I didn't do the other things that silly people did, you know, running off and breaking curfew and all that kind of stuff. I follow the rules. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to succeed in life because I just want to be obedient. I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to be an example, all this stuff. And if I follow every rule, I'll never get hurt. I'll never be disappointed Mm. and everything will be peachy. And Mm. when I realized that's not true, you can follow every single rule in the book ever created and something can still happen that is not pleasant, Mm. heartbreaking, life-threatening. So rule following does not save you from having to deal with tragedy, drama, any of that kind of stuff. Now, I'm not saying people ought to break the rules, but you do have to think about what matters to me? How can I do the things that bring me joy? How can I make sure that in my actions, I do not intentionally or hopefully unintentionally harm anyone else in pursuing my path to happiness? I grew up on that bus ride coming home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was eye-opening. Mm-hmm. so that is yeah and I think we've all had those bus rides home you know it may not have been a divorce it may have been something else um, loss in some way and like you said you can do everything you know to do right you can be praying and do what you feel the Lord has told you to do and you've checked off all the boxes and your things are you know moving right along and then something just hits you that you were totally unprepared for so it's mm-hmm. like what do you do with that loss and then how can you continue to move forward like you said what really matters to me you know what is yeah. it that I am supposed to be doing and how can I bring joy to others so in that moment how after the bus ride home how did you get unstuck and how were you able to move forward I had to let go of a lot of things um I had a wonderful household, wonderful parents, still have them, love them. No one can say anything about them. We're going to (laughs) fight. And still in that, I had a bit of codependency. Mm -hmm. It really mattered to me running things by my parents, you know, late into adulthood even. And I had to also have another level of growing up. My parents are human beings. They have their way of thinking of things. Their way is not necessarily the way I need to pursue everything in my life. And so I told you, it kind of rolled out in phases. I had to learn how to not depend on the opinions of my parents quite as much Mm -hmm. um, as I had in that previous point in my life. Mm -hmm. The second thing I'd say I had to do was I had to really start thinking about what my definition of friendship really was and who I had in my circle. Um, Not a lot of people know this about me either, but 
I have always seen myself as being a very out and social and whatnot kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like I had presented myself to others. And I, and I thought I had a big circle of friends. It took <laughs> a really interesting set of conversations for me to realize that many of the people, even through college, mm-hmm. who I thought knew me, didn't know me at all. <laughs> yeah. Did not know me at all. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm like, oh, what, what do you mean? I'm, I, you know, the whole time I'm at Tougaloo, I'm like, everybody knows me. They see me. I'm the other girl from Arkansas. I'm <laughs> on the paper. I'm doing the yearbook. I'm taking pictures. I'm I'm out. People see me and whatnot. Yeah. They didn't have a clue mm. who I was, what I liked, um, what I was interested in. And then I had to stop and think, wait a minute. Marta, you barely dated while you were in college. <laughs> when you did get a boyfriend who you ended up marrying, he was from a whole nother school several states away. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you start going through, you're like, wait a minute, let's apply some logic to this. Right. Why might people not know that, you know, you are crazy about Jane Austen, um, that you secretly dreamed of running away to England and just traipsing around the hills and whatnot. Why might they not know that about you? Well, you never told them. <laughs> yeah, right. They can't read um, and, and I guess part of it is that I'm also a writer and I have always been a writer and we can create these fictions mm-hmm. in our minds. Um, in my mind, I was like, oh no, everybody knows who they And I was like, well, oh, I didn't get invited to that wedding. Oh, that person, I found out they had a kid when they put a status on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. What is the status of my relationship? You know, right? I was a, it's complicated all over Facebook. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and and that's the other thing too. When I was coming out of college, that was when Facebook was just really starting. Because before that, we had Black Planet, Planet, and MySpace, and it was weird. I didn't yeah. spend a lot of time in there, right? Um, but the way that social media distorted closeness in relationships and mm-hmm. familiarity, it took me a long time to get my feet set yeah um because it makes you feel like you have more friends than you really do right that's so true yeah I mean everyone's life is out there and then like you said someone that you feel like you're close to and then they share something with the world you do nothing about you're like wait a minute so yeah being able to redefine who is in my circle and who needs to be there you know and um, mm-hmm. like you said being able to let go of some things so I think whenever we hit loss and hardship heartbreak all of that we do have to take a step back and really assess who is surrounded who is surrounding me and you had to break some um, codependent relationships even with people close to you like you said your parents and sometimes those can be very difficult things to do so how was that process for you kind of like walking it out and um and what did you gain from it I mean how difficult was it to really kind of start to take a look back and and break up with some of those things wrenching it was (laughs) wrenching for me because you know you're like I mean my my um both of my parents come from large families and then they had two kids Mm-hmm. Um, so we were really close, but then we had this huge extended family. So we kind of roll with the crew and we don't have to explain a whole lot of ourselves to each other. Like we, we just, we were around each other. It, it, it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. When, <laughs> when I looked and I realized I was like, wow, but if I just rely on this, this is going to be it for my world. Like, what have I got to do to make sure that I have people who are not related to me by blood or marriage? who are a part of my circle who can support me because 
while we have many talents and interests inside of my family with us being so large, mm-hmm. there are things that I'm interested in that no one in my family is interested in. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I, I, it was just a process of figuring out, okay, how, how do you, how do you make friends as an adult? Yeah. It's weird. It is it's weird. Yeah. Really weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then you can even tell yourself, um, cause I'm kind of a, you know, a private person, um, you know, well, I really don't need friends, you know, it's just me and my husband and we're cool, you know, but there is a part of us that is made to belong and want to have fellowship with others and, mm-hmm. you know, relationship. And so, and it is weird when you get older, like, how do you really cultivate those lifelong friendships and those people who can pour into you and you can learn from and you can share your life with and, and who get you, you know, that's the thing. Yes. You don't have to like try to fit into someone's mold for you, but you know, so that is hard to navigate, especially the older we get. So what did you learn from having to navigate that with new friendships and relationships? And and I think what you're getting ready to hit on was finding people in your tribe that, Um, you know, who can support like your passions and things that, you know, people in your family may not be interested in. So how do you find those people and how do you network and, and develop, you know, mentoring, you know, relationships. So talk about that That, a little bit. That is where you can actually take social media and use it for good. Mm -hmm. Um, Because another challenge that I have is that I live in Little Rock, Arkansas, Mm -hmm. and I'm happy to live in Little Rock, Arkansas. People are like, what do you mean? Why aren't you in Atlanta? Why aren't you in Los Angeles? Why aren't you in New York? Why aren't you in Chicago? I was like, yeah. all lovely places. Love to visit. Love my friends who were there. Hate your traffic. <laughs> I would not trade. Right. I would not trade that for anything. I can get anywhere I want to in my city in 15 minutes. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, barring some really weird thing that's going on. And uh, would I like us to have more mass transit and whatnot? Yes, but I get into that in other things. Um, But with with social media, Mm -hmm. um, if you can learn to harness the power of it and not let it consume you, Mm -hmm. you can use Facebook to say, okay, this person, this person, that person, which they're doing some cool things. I wonder if there's something they might want to do together. And how can we do that in a way that does not um in, infringe upon them living their individual lives right. and taking care of their responsibilities. So another one of those um, pivot moments for me in my life, I was actually on a walk in uh, Two, Rivers, uh, Two Rivers Park, yes, mm-hmm. in Little Rock. And I saw a family together. It was a husband, wife, and two children riding their bikes and it just hit me. And that's the way the Lord kind of whispers to me sometimes mm-hmm. when I'm being knuckleheaded and he's trying to get a point to me. It's like, these people have pulled out and taken their time to spend time with each other. And they're not worried about hustling, bustling. They're having fun mm-hmm. doing something that they enjoy. Why are you not happy? What is it that you are not making time in your life for that you enjoy? And I had to be honest. I was saying, I miss having connection with people who are like-minded and I need help in trying to stay true to writing Mm -hmm. on a regular basis. And that literally is the day that I I came up with the idea of the write addiction Mm -hmm. um, because I, I, you know, I'm I'm a person who does research and studies and whatnot. And people have said, it's much easier if you have multiple people trying to maintain 
daily content on a blog if you want to go ahead and, and do that. It's much harder if you're trying to do it on your own because that's a lot of work mm-hmm. uh, to push out on your own. And so, um, you know, I reached out to individuals. I reached out to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I reached out to uh, a number of other people who I had seen sharing wonderful, uh, inspiring or creative works on Facebook. And I was like, you could do that. That's back when Facebook notes was a big thing. Yeah. I said, you could do that. Or we could go ahead and put this on a site where we can like organize it and then share it and see if people mm-hmm. will be drawn to read it. And now what is it? Six years later. Yeah. Um, you know, we're still going. We've had strong. a few people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's fun. And it's, it's not, not everything that I envisioned it to be, but it, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a wonderful thing to have and it's a community. Mm-hmm. And I desperately needed that connectivity and community at the time uh, when we were putting that together. So um, it was an opportunity to be able to be a blessing and be blessed at the same time. Yeah. And that's so good because I believe that God gives us purpose. He gives us calling. Now we know that we have different assignments in different seasons of our lives, but there's something that he doesn't want us to leave this earth before we have poured out and we have done. And that particular thing is always going to be a blessing to someone else too. Of course it blesses us, but it's all is meant also to bless others. And so it's finding that place of passion that helps others. I think it's just so, it's just one of my, you know, missions to try to help people find, you know, what is it that can bring joy to others um, and can help others, but it also fulfills you. And so it sounds like you've started to find that, um, you know, a few years ago and just after you took the step back, the ride home on the bus and like, you know, where's my life headed? What can I learn from, you know, this divorce? Um, And so now looking back, what are some lessons that you gained that have helped you get to where you are now? Because you're involved in so many projects and doing so many great things. You might even want to mention some of those. But how how did you take those lessons that you learned to get to where you are now? One big lesson was I have to define things for myself. I have to define what success looks like for myself. One of the things that gets us in so much trouble is trying to measure ourselves up against other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I, I, I'm not a person that's ever been driven about cars or, you know, number of kids or anything like that. You know, I've, I've never been motivated in that way. I don't feel that kind of competition. But there was a kind of in the career vein, because I spent, um, what, 15, 14, 15 years as a fundraiser. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, you know, I should be moving up in the ranks. I should be getting this title mm-hmm. into that title into that title. And uh, why am I not advancing in this way or whatever it was? And uh, I, I, I finally came to the realization that probably five years before I was ready to go ahead and admit it, the Lord was telling me, I've made a way for you to go ahead and be plugged into what it is you really want to be doing. You don't really want to be going around here begging people mm-hmm. for money all the time. Um, I mean, you know how to do it and, and I, I, I do it with the intentions of trying to help make sure good programs are supported and that's important. I have that skill set. Um, but honestly, I hit a point where I was like, I'm spending all my energy helping other Mm -hmm. people to launch and sustain their dreams. When am I going to turn around and turn that talent toward the things that I'm supremely passionate about. Mm-hmm. And so that, that was, that's huge. That was the other thing that sat in my belly. I was like, I, it's easier to go and help other people to lift other people up for me 
than it is for me to turn and say, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this thing that I care about because I was socialized that that's prideful. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, if you're turning stuff, if you're, if you're trying to lift yourself up, you know, you're, you're stepping into that vanity thing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, how, how dare you do that? That's against the teachings of Christianity. Right. And I was like, oh Lord, that's yeah. So study was helpful for me too. Mm-hmm. Going and studying to realize that that's not how you're supposed to interpret the lessons of the Bible mm-hmm. and whatnot. Even if somebody did tell you, um, taking care of yourself is not selfish. Right. Yeah. <laughs> in a negative way mm-hmm. <laughs> self-care is huge we're, we are commanded to take care of ourselves we're supposed to take care of the vessels that we've been entrusted yeah. with and so um yeah it lessons about definition mm-hmm. like don't get caught up in what everyone else is doing don't be driven by for me don't be driven by numbers mm-hmm. um i have some amazing people in my life who are also out in this social media world and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I have had a number of times where I've looked and gone, Lord, what am I doing that I'm, I'm, I, I, I've been, I've been doing this the way that I feel you're telling me to do it. And it hasn't gone viral as people <laughs> right. say, and I see others who have stuff and it's just going, and I was like, uh, uh-uh, no, nope, mm-hmm. no, nope. I'm going to compare. That's, <laughs> that's their path. Mm-hmm. That's not your path. Mm-hmm. You're not doing what they're doing. You're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Stay on your path. Mm-hmm. Celebrate them. Stay on your yes. path. Yes. That's so hard <laughs> for us to do. And especially like you because said, and, yeah, in the world of social media, because everything is right there around you. And it seems like this is happening and that's happening for everyone else. And you do fall into that comparison, you know. So stay in your lane and stay on your path. That's huge. It requires constant vigilance I'll, I'll share something with you that somebody told me and it, it really helped uh, turn me back around when I think about numbers especially in the social media mm-hmm. thing so um, I just released my first feature film Yay. called 40 and I'm super excited about it I hope people are going to enjoy yeah. it um, there was a time when I was doing stuff on on uh, online I would have really been depressed because I think this morning I I logged in and I had 41 views. Mm -hmm. Um, But someone told me, they said, wait a minute, you have to take social media and you have to give it a container of sorts. Mm -hmm. If you were in a conference room and 41 people walked into your room to hear you speak, that's a lot of bodies in a room. Mm -hmm. You can't let the, the emptiness of social media space warp you into thinking that people are not seeing what you're right. doing. 41 people in a room is a yeah. lot of people if you're in a conference room. Now, if you're in the Superdome, <laughs> it, it's, it's not yeah. the same thing, you know, but you got you to gotta think about where it mm-hmm. is. Right now, I'm in a place where I'm just trying to go ahead and get people in a tiny theater. Yeah, yeah, it's perspective, yeah. And mm-hmm. it's and it's not, you're not going to always be in that tiny theater. You know, I've, I've learned that God takes us from level to level, um, from faith to faith and mm-hmm. grace to grace, so, or glory to glory. And so, you know, he takes us as we're ready to handle it and as we're positioned for it. And so that's a, you know, it's a um, progression. And so we don't just get there overnight because most of us probably couldn't handle it. If we went from, you know, from an audience of one to, you know, the Superdome in, you know, in a week's time. And so there's something beautiful about learning through the journey, you know, and the lessons that we take from it and progress. It's so true. We, we, we have to remember that God knows us better mm-hmm. than anyone else. 
And as much as we might think we want to run after a certain goal super, super fast, um, I was in a conversation in Clubhouse. I just got folded in the Clubhouse yesterday. Mm-hmm. And people were talking about how you need to know the business. Mm-hmm. You can have the most amazing stories to share, but you need to understand the business so that when you end up in the room with someone who can finance yeah. a television series that you want to go ahead and do, you're ready. So just having a good idea is not enough. You need to take the time to make sure you understand the business you're getting into when you're in entertainment. Mm-hmm. Build the foundation. <laughs> make sure it is solid. Yes. That's awesome. Um, Well, Marta, any final pieces of advice? Um, And then we'll, um, you can share with us how listeners can connect with you. I think the biggest piece of advice I can give to people who are like me, especially Mm -hmm. um, make sure that you learn how to be comfortable in silence and not get addicted to being busy. Mm. I, I, I just I, do, do not become addicted at being busy. Being busy is the enemy of you being able to do high quality work, especially when you're creative. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have time to commit to doing things well. I'm big about quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I know I'm a person, I, I like being busy. Busy feels good. It's like, oh yeah, these people need me. I need this. Oh yeah, see that? Yeah, I got to go now. I did. 500 things a day. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You can't do 500 things well yeah. in a day. It is so, not sustainable either. You know, <laughs> you're going to crash and it's burn. Not. It's not. We, we Americans, well, sorry, citizens of the United States of America, because mm-hmm. uh, Americans is much broader than the mm-hmm. USA. Uh, we are socialized that imbalance is the goal. Mm, yeah. And we have got to break that because that's why we get sick that's why we um, aren't able to get the things done that we need to do. We, we are told that the goal is to be imbalanced. Mm-hmm. You need to be super rich. You can't, <laughs> you can't have balance and be super rich. Mm, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, 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 these things don't go together. We, we don't stop and think about mm-hmm. that. Um, do you really need to be in school, working a full-time job, of trying to maintain a social media presence and grow a following. Like how much stuff can you really stack on top of yourself in a day? You know, you gotta, you gotta step back and think about what do I need to focus on right Mm -hmm. now? Know the season you're in. That's Mm -hmm. my my big Yeah. And you know, plan the work and work the plan, but you, you don't need to do everything all at once. Mm -hmm. I do far fewer things in a day now than I have ever done in my life. I am better able to sleep at mm-hmm. night. You know, I, I'm not stressed like I was. Um, this is in the midst of a pandemic. And I think that is going to be one of the unexpected benefits. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it might sound strange to say that, but the un- unanticipated benefits of having been in lockdown for almost mm-hmm. a year, people had to get yeah. still. They had to reassess and think about, you know, how do I feel about the people who I live with? How do I feel about myself? How do I feel about the time and energy I put into work, I think we're going to have far fewer people going back into this. Oh yeah. I'm going to go and work a corporate job and work 80 hour weeks. I think we have a real shift mm-hmm. coming in our I culture. I think so. And I hope we're ready to embrace it. <laughs> the lesson we need that to. God has sent us <laughs> through the pandemic. Yes. 
I love yeah. what you said. Yeah. yeah. Be comfortable in silence because, and it's, I think especially as women that, you know, it's the cycle mm-hmm. of busy, you know, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a, you know, I'm a worker, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm all these things. And it's like, you've got a checklist every morning you wake up of 20 things. And if I didn't get through all 20, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not doing what I'm supposed mm-hmm. to do. And that can start to weigh on you and eat at your confidence, but just being comfortable knowing, Hey, let me just get still for a minute. Let me focus on the main thing and keep the main thing, the main thing, whatever it is that God has put in your heart to do. And there are going to be days where it's going to feel like I didn't get anything done. And that's totally fine. Like we have to embrace that and the quietness of it. And so I love what you said about that. And imbalanced is not the goal. So learn to just let go of some things, you know, rest, have fun, enjoy life, you know, take a day off, take a sabbatical, you know, um, do a Sabbath, you know, really rest and be comfortable with that. So that is so awesome. So tell us how listeners can connect with you. Um, It's really easy to find me. Uh, My my full name is Martha Collier Youngblood. That's my my professional name and what I do uh, in my uh, non-artist role. But you can find me on almost every social media channel uh, as Marta Gwynn, M-A-R-T-A-G-W-Y-N, all together. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on uh, Twitter, Clubhouse, LinkedIn. I'm mean, just funny where you can find somebody. I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. Because uh, I, I really do want to engage with people. And I, I, I love that I'm in a place now in my life where it's not just about me pushing my art mm-hmm. out. It's also about me helping other people who live outside of the L.A.s and the New mm-hmm. York's and the Atlanta's figure out how we also can share it. Because one thing about being a creative is that if you are not plugged mm-hmm. in and doing that work of a creative, you're not letting that gift out of you it turns around inside of you and it can really make you mm-hmm. sour. Um, so just because you don't live in Atlanta or when I'm picking on these cities, I'm saying because where we have uh, the TV right. and the movie studios and stuff like that, just because you're not in one of those places doesn't mean you can't create. You don't have mm-hmm. to leave the heartland to, to be an mm-hmm. artist and, and to be able to make a living at it. And I'm, I'm enjoying this stage of my life. It's showing people how they can get that. Done. Yeah. And you are such a wonderful collaborator and, partner and you always want to pull out the best in people so I would definitely tell you um, listeners go and connect with Marta Gwen on the social media she's um, has a wealth of knowledge but she's very encouraging and she can see things in you like Coletta I really think you could do this have you thought about this <laughs> like over years time she <laughs> has always given me ideas and things I never really thought about but that's Marta so um, go and check her out connect with her Thank you so much, Marta, for taking your time, sharing your story of getting unstuck. And I'm just excited to continue to watch your journey. And um, you're doing some amazing projects. And so it's just been really fun to um, see all of that unfold. And I know the best days are still ahead. So keep going. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. And I pray that you truly have been inspired to get unstuck today. And we'll listen to you or see you next time.